Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And it is October the 11th, 2012. Friends, this is one of those rare days where, you know, you look at the numbers on the calendar, it's 10, 11, 12 today. Yeah, it's funny, I was, I was walking home from the, uh, from the supermarket the other day, Dave, and I was thinking, you know, I... I'm probably never in my life going to ever see another um, binary day because the next, you know, if there's ever a binary, the next time there's a binary day um, in the future, well, I'm going to be dead. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to live that long. But today's as close as I'm going to get. So, friends, if you're my age, this is it. This is the closest you're going to get to, like, binary day. It's 10, 11, 12. <laughs> I'm feeling good about it. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> We got a great show coming up today, Dave. We have uh, we have Kim Krausberg, the uh, founder of the Creative Site Forums, and now the usability expert at Internet Marketing Ninjas with uh, with Jim Boykin. We got we have Kim coming on the air to talk about the conglomeration that is uh, the your friend and mine, Jim Boykin. That and is going to be exciting. Well, and usability and SEO and, you know, Panda Penguin and all that sort of stuff. But before we get there, it's, um, it's actually been kind of an active week in the news. Uh, people have thrown off their summer lethargy. And, uh, yeah, stuff is a popping, including the – I'm just trying to pull up the article that you shared before the show. Uh, the one over at uh, Search Engine Watch. Over at Church Engine Watch, top-heavy, they're calling it. So, Google, again, this is... Uh, uh, before we get to that, Miranda Miller, the, 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 the columnist at Search Engine Watch, who wrote this article earlier today in Facebook, lamented the names Google is now choosing for its algorithm updates. And uh, you remember the day when it was Brett Tabke who was naming them? Yep. Like, Brett came up with good names. In uh, in honor of next week's PubCon, I'm uh, I'm putting this out to Google. Shut up. Let Brett do it. He was good at it. Okay, so Top Heavy. Top Heavy is the code name for the new algorithm that takes a look at the above the fold content and you know um, sees what you're doing with your space above the fold. Are you giving actual usable, you know, actionable information or you know? Useful information, relevant information to your users, or are you throwing ads at them? <sighs> so there's a new one out there. It's called Top Heavy. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, to me, just to, just to go to, I mean, this basically is a, a, a reinforcement to me 
um, of what we should be doing. I mean, I, I love the article. It's a it's a great resource. I mean, I love when there's third party articles so I can you know tell my clients you know, <laughs> hey, this isn't just my opinion. You know, here you go. You know, read. You know, here's somebody else on a trusted resource. Great columnist. You know, talking about the exact same thing. And here's Matt Cutts saying that that's the right thing. Um, I mean, you can't get much better reinforcement. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree here, and and you know, most of our uh, most of our listeners probably will too. And if not, let's let's learn a little bit about design. It's a reinforcement from Google that we should be doing what we should have been doing all along. Right? <laughs> Make sure that stuff above the fold for your visitor is the action items. Make sure they can find quickly and easily what it is they want. Now Google's building that into into the algorithm. So, well, I mean, they have been for a while, but now it's it's open and, and you know it's being discussed in this column. So. Fantastic. Love the reinforcement. Um, but of course, you know, you and I can see arguably tons of, of, you know, problems. If this is weighted heavily in the algorithm, you know, now what? What if that part right above the fold is, is flash, right? Or what if it, you know, what if your, your action items are, are confusing to Google in what they actually are? And, you know, you can be using images and stuff like that. Well, if they're weighting that heavily, should we be using text? And, you know, it, it well, leads yeah, to a lot of a lot of questions, but don't, you're, the image that you're using, a uh, question you might want to ask is: Does it have a link with a bunch of extraneous characters on it? Is it a link that's leaving your site and going to a sales site of some sort or another? Is it an obvious advertisement? Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm of two minds on this. On one side, the the user friendly guy, and I'm Mr. User Friendly. Make make it as easy as possible for your user to get to, from A to B to C to Z or Z or wherever the heck they're going. And I, how to say this, um, on one side is Google's index. It belongs to them. It's, their job is to return the most relevant information possible to their users and to sell as many ad spaces as possible along the way <laughs> um, to make some money for their, for their shareholders. Lots of money. But you're not allowed to do that on your site. And this is my problem. Okay, yeah, it's Google's index, and Google is the most important index on the Internet. It's not the only index on the Internet, but it's the most important one. So we will design to get our pages into and rank high in Google's index. So Google is, has an inordinate, inordinate amount of uh, influence over page design itself. But at the same time, I, 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 I like the way they're using their influence, but it's my website, it's my property. But it's their index, it's their property. You know, it, 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 it makes my head explode, Dave. You know, and, and how often do we end up, as SEO, like the, the entire community, not just you and I, but we certainly discuss this a lot of the, the circular nature of that. What right does Google have to tell me, but it is their engine, and you don't gotta be we there end up in that wanna. sort of circular argument. Well, you, that's, you don't got to be the there thing. if you don't want to be there, but you're an idiot if you don't want to be there. Um, well, exactly. And I mean, you bring up a, a, a really valid, valid point, And I think it's one that I try and, and remember going through is for the most part, you know, we we've argued on this show about, you know, and this is where Google's abusing their power, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, when we end up with with algorithm updates like this, it is a good practice. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it is Google saying you should be doing this. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we know that they've been using things like stick time and, and that sort of thing. You know, how, what's your bounce rate? What's your, you know, how are people interacting with your website? 
even if you don't have analytics, right? It's, as you call it, it's Google's index. They know when you clicked on a link, that's how it's showing up in your webmaster tools as impressions versus clicks and, and this and that. We know they're watching that. We know they know when that user's back at Google because, you know, it's Google. It's their property. They know when you're there. Um, so they know your bounce rates and stick times, even if you don't have analytics installed. So basically they're saying, hey, here's, we're going to be counting this above the fold. Well, indirectly, they have been already. Right? I mean, they've been looking at the user experience. If you don't have your action items above the fold, if you don't make it easy for your user, your bounce rate's higher. I mean, what's your attention span on the net now, right? If it's over three seconds, I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. We're not on the net yet. Well, I guess, you know, our voices are, but, you know, <laughs> we're actually speaking. But, um, you know, they have been using these signals. Now they're just using it in a different way. F making us do the right thing for our visitors, you know, there, there you are. <laughs> this is a, a case, as you called it, where Google is using their influence to force webmasters to do the right thing. Um, and, and you're right, it's their index. Even if they were forcing webmasters to do the wrong thing, you'd go, well, okay, I'm going to lose a little on user experience, but I sure like appearing in Google. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they tend not to do that because they want your user's experience to be good. Um, and so, you know, that's why they have quality sworn AdWords and stuff like that. They want the visitor to have a good experience on your website. They're just, this is their way of going, we need our users to be happy. So we need you to make them happy when they get there. Um, you know, who can blame them? This is, as, as you say, this is their index. This is their set of rules. If you don't like them, you know, focus on dogpile <laughs> whatever. Apparently, um, apparently less than 1% of all, web, of all websites, English-speaking websites, are affected. Uh, I think uh, Matt Cutt says 0.7% of the websites in the, in the English-speaking web will be affected. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's not a huge update. It's not a massive update. Although when you think, like, you know, 0.7% of the sites and, you know, that, that's a lot of websites. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to have, it doesn't have the impact of um, some of the, the early pandas where we were looking at 6 to 7% of websites that were being directly affected. Yeah. Oh, for well, sure. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me if in a week or so we see an analysis of, you know, exactly what they mean by objects above the fold. What are these objects that we're supposed to be worried about? You know, I was, it's funny. I was over at, uh, I was just looking at Search Engine Watch at Miranda's article, counted four objects that they might twig on all above the fold. Um, four, three were advertisements. One was an email lead gen um, box that, that Search Engine Watch runs. I'm over at Search Engine Journal now. And again, one, two, three, Four, op five objects above the fold that might be questionable by Google, although one of them is a series of Google AdWords. So I'm not, I'm not sure how Google, <laughs> Google will think about that. You're running too many AdWords. Um, have a cigar. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, folks, watch for that. We're, we're going we're to watch how this bounces out over the next few weeks, and you know, if we hear anything, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Um, Found a fun one over at uh, Search Engine Journal, written by uh, Michelle Simpson Ross. Um, Facebook privacy settings easily exploited. Now, on October fifth, detailed in his blog how easy it was for him to collect phone numbers and then correspond them with like Facebook accounts. Okay, so you get a mm -hmm. bunch of phone numbers, and he, he found he found a method of very quickly corresponding those phone numbers with Facebook accounts. I guess where people list their phone number. He contacts um, Facebook 
and tries to tell them how easy it was for him to do this. Nothing. Crickets. Nothing happened. So to prove his point, he ran, he ran this script that he developed for a, a number of days. And eventually, after compromising hundreds of profiles, Facebook caught him and, and then, instead of shutting him down, they limited the amount of queries he could do per day. <laughs> and so then, you know, the kid goes to, to the website, The Next Web, and explains to them, here's what I did. And then Facebook got mad. (laughs) (laughs) Note to people running large systems. If somebody comes along and says, I hacked you, don't ignore him. (laughs) He comes to you and he said to you, I did this. Like, it's not like he's trying to mess you over or make you look like a fool. It's somebody coming to you and saying, hey, there's a security hole. I I did this. Here's, you know, here's what you got to look for. Facebook chose to ignore him. And then when they saw, well, I guess when algorithmically activity was detected, um, limit his, his access. But they never stopped him. And they only got pissed when he went to the next web. Like, oh, wait, I don't know. There's stuff like this. I mean, like, kids will be kids. And kids are very curious. When I was a kid, I used to take apart radios and put it back together again and see if they'd work. They didn't. But I tried. This kid is taking apart is taking apart systems and putting them back together again to see how they work. That's cool, you know. We yeah. encourage stuff like this. Well, and especially when he's doing it in a fundamental, fundamentally ethically way, right? As you said, going to them, going, "Hey, here's you know, here's exactly what I've done. Uh, here's a problem." Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of activity that. These sort of systems, like if I was Facebook, I'd be looking going, thank you. You know, here, here's a check for showing us, <laughs> I mean, cut the kid a I mean, check, to, thank to, him for what he did. To use a simple analogy, you can't, you can't say to somebody, hey, I just picked your lock without first picking their lock and committing a crime. Right. You, you, you can't say you're vulnerable without first exploiting the vulnerability to prove that, in fact, they are vulnerable. But once that's done, and the kid comes clean and says, yes, I did this, and, you know, here's what you got to watch for, shoot, you're right, cut him a check, take him to dinner, um, introduce him to somebody famous, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg's sister, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, these are the sorts of things you need to roll. One thing I think, it's, it's, it's sort of a, well, tucked away, it's the first couple sentences, um, but, you know, I mean... Here, here, we'll have our, our takeaway, but it's in the, in the form of, of some advice. I mean, I, I know you and I both, both think the world of, uh, of Michelle, um, author of, of the piece, so head on over to Search Engine Journal. But I really, really loved um, how she started it, and you and I have discussed it before, and I think this is, uh, we all, put it on a sticky note, tack it to your monitor. Um, when she starts out the article with, when it comes to social um, networking, one golden rule seems to apply. If you share it with Facebook, you share it with the world. And this is the, the part I really like. Whether or not Facebook makes it crystal clear, the onus is on the user to protect their personal information. The yeah. onus is on the user, people. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we often look at Facebook and, oh, here's this exploit. Yes, they, they should have rewarded this kid. They should have chatted with him. You know, they, they should have done something. But at its fundamental core, um, the problem here, and we've talked about this before, and I'll, you know, it, it's worth noting again, the problem isn't Facebook. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, they were the ones, you know, this vulnerability is there. Great. It was shown. Great. Made public. They'll address it. But this, this belief that somehow all of my data is mine <laughs> it is, yeah. is a complete fallacy. And we need to remember as users that everything I do, I keep my political discussions to a minimum, right? I mean, I, I'm business, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, so I, I know you're, yeah, you're a little well, more liberal in that area. <laughs> Why does Dave hate his clout score? I don't know. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I'm Mr. Right Out There on Facebook. I figure the safest space is the open space. And besides which, my clout score is insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna, you know, we we got to jump topics really fast because we got to go to break in a few minutes. But before bringing him on, I really, I, I got to mention this, okay? Okay. I tend not to use Twitter because I, you know, I does, the format doesn't work so well for me. I, everything just moves too fast for my old eyes to keep up. But I'm going to have to use it a lot more in the future because Twitter just did something remarkable. You know how uh, I mean, spiders, they're, they're designed to follow links. Yeah. And Twitter's always been a problem for search spiders because it's a fire hose of information. You need a constant XML feed coming in from, from Twitter to um, to deal with their information if you're a search engine. And Twitter is very reluctant to give that fire hose. They've been burned in the past with their own fire hose. Mm-hmm. What they have done to make tweets a little more valuable is they've now created a spiderable user directory. And everything you tweet is appended to your user directory. So the search spiders, Google, Bingbot, etc., can now spider... Oh, and there's a link on the Twitter.com page now into the directory. So there's no way a human is going to use this directory effectively. There's hundreds of millions of Twitter users now. But for a spider, going through, a, going through something like this is as easy as a knife through butter. So Twitter has opened itself up in a very low-tech, you know, it's, it's almost like the 2004 solution, but it works. So your tweets are now that much more valuable. Well, that's, I mean, you bring up a great point, and, and I had to chuckle when you're like, it's a low-tech circa 2004 <laughs> comment there, because you're totally right. And you know, you're, here's another reminder for all of us. Sometimes the low-tech solution is the right solution. <laughs> I mean, this, you know, it is, it's, it's a system that's been working since the, the dawn of the internet. Um, you know, and, and there's a reason for it. It's easy. The spiders can't really get buggered up there because this is exactly what they're built to do, um, is crawl these links. I, I, I think that's great news, right? I mean, of course I do, because I, I do like Twitter, um, <laughs> which is funny because flashing back, I was one of the like last people to actually go, all right, I'll waste more of my time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and plunged headlong into it, but um, you know it's, uh, it's this does add that value you're talking about and makes it a, a, a far more effective branding and reputation management tool than than it was previously. Well, another um, thing to watch for, though, another thing to watch for. Now, I was going to say it's not. I was, was going to say to you, it's not a waste of time if you're using it on campaign, like you know, on on on, on the campaign for one of your clients, but. Okay, search marketers, not that we advocate using avatars in this social media. Like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate, you know, I wouldn't suggest anybody do anything like that. But if you do, <laughs> this is the, one of the things that um, being able to spider and, and look at all the information from these, 
from you know all the Twitter, all, any Twitter account that's out there, it's going to be a lot easier to authenticate. Or, or sorry, authenticate whether this profile is real or simply a marketing avatar. Mm-hmm. So if your avatars did survive the purge, not that you know any of our listeners would have had them in the first place, but if <laughs> they did survive the purge, um, <laughs> careful how you use them because they're now a lot more public. Yep. Great advice. Okay. It's uh, 20 after the hour here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We are going to be going to commercial break, but when we come back, we have Kim Krauss Kopp Berg. It's three Ks in a row. Kim Krauss Kopp Berg, um, the new usability expert, the new usability and user experience guru at Internet Marketing Ninjas, the company based in Albany, New York, run by Jim Boykin, old-time SEO. She's going to come back, talk a little bit about usability, pandas, penguins, pubcons, and the conglom that, you know, Jim's up to something, Dave. I want to know what it is. and I'm hoping Jim's always up to something. That guy. That guy, eh? Anyway, I'm hoping Kim will give us a bit of a clue. We're going to be back with Kim Krosberg here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. After these messages, friends, stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here at WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave David from Meme Stock SEO. It is 
the 11th day of the 10th month of the 12th year of the of the century, which makes it 10-11-12 day, which I think is kind of cool. I'm going to stop being amused by that eventually, I'm sure. But what is great, what's amazing, what's totally amazing is we have with us the one, the only, the wonderful one of the originals, Kim Krauskopberg, founder of Create a Site Forum, now usability expert and uh, what is it? user experience expert over there at the Internet Marketing Ninjas in uh, Albany, New York, Kim Krauskopberg. <laughs> Welcome to Webcology. Hi, Jim. You can call me Kim. Oh, could I please? <laughs> There's... <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the PubCom part of the show where I have to do, like, all those P's in a row. I'm so looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, Kim, you were the founder of Create-A-Site Forum. Again, you've been in the, in the uh, search marketing business easily as long as Dave and I have. You've been around. You're one of the old guard. You're one of the, one of the, uh, the, the, the old boys network, one of the original family. Yes. 1995. 1995. Um, you know, you might be horrified to know that's before, that's before some of our listeners were born. Yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, we got, we got this one kid in Calgary who's 12 years old who listens to us. It's the youngest one I know of, but I know he's out there. <laughs> anyway, um, you're now with, uh, you're now working with Jim Boykin. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It, it's, I'm ecstatic. So you developed Create-A-Site Forms, again, a very, uh, Create-A-Site was one of the first forms I ever belonged to when I started my career, ages yeah, and ages ago. Yeah, it was in uh, 1998. So what happens to the forms? Uh, Jim bought them and hired me um, as an employee, and part of my regular duties is to continue to run the forums, which is really just amazing. Um, we're going to be investing in um, expanding the community, getting more um, community involvement, getting more social, community-oriented. And, uh, well, to be honest, we have a, a, a task list and a dream list several pages long. And uh, with Jim's investing in us, we can make a lot of our dreams come true. So that's why we're so excited. Well, we see Jim investing uh, in a number of different areas. It was, it was announced earlier today that Search Engine Smarty, one of the, and I, I think you know uh, most SEOs, old guard or new guard, know of know of Anne Smarty and her, you know, role as a community builder, community curator. That's right. He's convinced her and her family to move from from Slovakia, Ukraine, upstate I think. New York. What? Jim is in, so. What, what, I guess what I want to explore, and I'm not quite sure how far I can go with this, but what I want to explore is the conglomeration of, that's clearly happening in the uh, in the search marketing world. You know, I guess we could say the dance was really started by by the boys at Blue Glass in Florida um, a year and a half ago, two years ago. Right. But I got a feeling my my, my tummy's telling me that the same sort of things happening in upstate New York. Yes. Is uh is there any truth to the rumor that my my stomach is telling me? I th I believe the direction that Jim is taking things is into a full service 
digital marketing company. And to do that, you have to bring in a lot of additional skill sets. Um, you know, for search marketing and or advertising, you, you can't be limited anymore. So he's expanding and he also seems to have an intuitive sense for where we're all going. And he's ready for it. Okay, well, you know, just to, to get the plug in here, and I'm going to try to get, get this out of the way early so I don't fear it. One of the things, Jim, sense where we're all going, or at least mo- many of us are going, is PubCon next week, where you guys are sponsoring the Save the Penguins and Party Panda. Ah, I knew I was going to do that. Save the Penguins and Pandas Party at PubCon. I knew I was going to do that. Damn. Peter Piper um, picked a peck of, yeah. Okay. Just to be clear, folks, it's the Save the Penguins and Pandas Party at PubCon. And you guys are sponsoring that next week. Yeah, it's a charity fundraising party. Well, is there anything you can tell us? What's the charity? You know what? I forget. Isn't that awful? (laughs) Well, no. I mean, like, seriously, think of all the stuff that we have to do in a day. And you're going to Vegas next week. I mean, that's going to be kind of exciting. No. Because you know know what's going to save you here? The fact that the Save the Panda and Penguin Party at PubCon has now been mentioned three times, twice correctly even. Right. Oh, I think you can adopt a penguin or a panda. So it's got to be wildlife-oriented. Won't the Chinese have something to say about that? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Jim's probably already checked that out. (laughs) Mm. So you guys are opening a division in China, are you? There we go. Inference. I promise not to say anything. It, it was a hundred percent inference, Jim. A hundred percent inference. Yep. Um, Don't tell him. So the party, as we've as Dave Davies just found out, is uh, for the World Wildlife Fund. There we go. You can you adopt had something penguin. To do with you can adopt a penguin or a panda or a penguin or a panda through a pay what you will charitable donation. That's sweet. That's right. Um, Kim, the other thing that you've been known known for over your career is usability. You have been one of the champs of thinking about website usability, and um, it's it's 2012. We now live in a WordPress, a WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, content management system run world. In that kind of world, what does usability mean? the same thing it's always meant meet mm-hmm. users needs no matter what you use and um, in some cases you actually have to adapt your software to do that so there, there, there's just a lot of room for a lot of us um, like content management systems out of the box they're not usually user friendly or SEO friendly so you have to tweak them uh, the more you know the better your software is going to be. Now, I often confuse, I mean, you know, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about it, confuse usability with accessibility. Now, are, when we're chatting here in, in this context, are, are you referring more to the usability, multiple devices and, and, and user experience type thing, or accessibility, making yourself or, and, and your website accessible to those with disabilities and, and things like that? All of them. 
that's where I specialize. I don't like to leave anybody out. So for me, usability is mobile devices, websites, accessibility, all of that. Now, how do you and, and, and sorry? Uh, how do you when you're when you're chatting with your clients then and, and you're you know discussing usability and, and accessibility and, and these sorts of things? I mean, at times, especially when we're dealing with you know established websites, thousands of pages of content already, um, where this is a major undertaking. Um, how do you engage them in, in the conversation? How do you justify something like a, an accessibility, which can be a very costly thing for? You know, what potentially could be a, a small segment of the market, maybe, you know, depending on your products and services and things like that. Um, how do you engage in that conversation? Well, first of all, most people think of accessibility as for, the, for deaf and blind people, and that's where a lot of education is needed. Um, I'm a special needs user simply because if I don't have my glasses on or my, or <laughs> my reading glasses on, I can't see. And uh, anybody with MS or ADD or um, Parkinson disease where, you know, their hand is a little bit unsteady, accessibility has a wide scope. And it's amazing how much, you know, we don't really think of all those people that are coming to our websites. Um, so when I educate you know, we get into the, you know, what are your requirements? What are your priorities? Who's your target market? And when we get into the target market, I use, always say, okay, do you want somebody that has a hand tremor to be able to use your website? And they go, huh? Because they haven't thought about that. So that's my job. Indeed. You know, it's funny. I had, The other day I had, I won't say it, was, it wasn't an argument, but I really had to press the case to use 11-point font in a drop-down. They were using eight-point font, and um, well, I mean, I'm I'm old, er. right? And that you know, it's, it's so incidentally is you know much of the web population, the demographic is shifting up. Yes, and it was an ama- it was amazing just ha- trying to have to explain to a group of younger people that this is going to happen to you one day too. <laughs> right. Make it easy for the user, um, right. and. With the advent, earlier you said that you had, with content management systems, you have to do a little bit of tweaking. Um, Is it easier or harder for you to get the various criteria of, of, you know, concerns around usability into a website today than it was, say, 10 years ago when when we were more predominantly building by hand? Um, I guess easier just because more and more people are talking the same language. Um, Google even has an influence on that because they're all, you know, user, 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 and, you know, search usability. But I still find that in certain verticals, it's um, hard to bring up the topic. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about, like, fashion sites, artistic sites, things that are, you know, very visual. They -hmm. don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to SEOs or organic SEOs either. Because they're all into that whole visual presentation thing. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I got one. I know exactly what you mean. Now, how do you, I mean, uh, which leads me to, to a, probably a difficult question. You're right. They don't. 
Um, and then we as SEOs and, and internet marketers have to look and go, yep, that's, you know, you're a photographer, for example, or, or what. I mean, your, your design is, is your message. And we've got Google telling us, hey, build for the user. And that's exactly what they're doing um, is they're building for their target market. And then we as SEOs look at that and go, but it's all, it's all a bunch of images. <laughs> like, right. I get it. That's exactly what your product is. You're presenting it the way you're supposed to. How do you then engage them in that conversation and go, okay, and, and, and here's how we can do this without impacting your visitor experience you know, negatively. Hey, we might even be able to add to it. Um, how do you, it is a difficult conversation to engage in. How do you do it? it- it's, it's, it can be difficult, but um, there, there's, there's two things. The first thing is you do like a preliminary check. Um, this is what Internet Marketing Ninjas does, is they do like a preliminary and they look at everything and, um, you know, they can, um, you know, the first report is, is delivering like the obvious and, hey, you know, you might need some work here and there and, and whatever. That's like that first glance and, and I can pick out like a million things right away. Um, the second thing is to come up with a strategy. Like first you, you, you tell them, okay, look, you know, this is what's happening. This is why it could be troublesome for you. Do you care about that? If so, let's do this, 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 and this. And the solutions are actually something that I'm giving a talk on in, in pub, PubCon. And I'm using the... Um, the fashion industry as an example because there are ways to com- to combine SEO and usability even with highly visual websites. You know, Dave and I have been hammering on this point for, for as long as we've had a show together, so for years, where, you know, we, we Dave, I know you're going to agree with me on this, um, usability is an important component to effective SEO. Now, Dave and I are, you know, we're considered expert SEOs, etc. But I don't think either of us have ever been called usability experts. And I, I want to get this from you, from from you know, one of the usability experts in our in, in our industry. Is there any way you can quantify how usability has a positive effect on rankings? Oh, conversions. Um, and the more conversions, the more activity. Rankings improve, um, and and it's actually different kinds of conversions as well. If you get a lot of people talking about your website, Google notices, but so do people. People talk on and offline. There, there's so many bits and pieces to conversions alone that it, it just blows my mind. Um, so with analytics, of course, you have you you want to track all that, and that's why we're coming up with the. Um, you know, Google Analytics, logs, um, social analytics, usability analytics. There's, there's a lot. I, I, you've opened up a, a whole litany of, of questions that I, I now want to launch into. But um, speaking of, first, we got to take a commercial break. I, I was going to try and segue that well, but let's just chop off because I want to jump to the next question as quick as possible. So um, we're just going to take a quick commercial break here. And then if we can keep you on, I, I've got some more questions on, on usability and, and code and how it affects rankings. Um, so in the meantime, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We'll be right back with Kim Krauss. Uh, in just a couple minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is uh, 22 of the hour. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalkettes here. We're joined by Kim Kraus. Kim Kraus-Berg. And you know, before I mangle any more names, any more na- more names, Dave, you were going off in a direction. Go for it. <laughs> I I was, and unfortunately, that's what I was thinking about while I went through that disastrous <laughs> exit to the commercial break. Um, and then my my brain was locked into the, into the question because it's a really interesting one to me. Something I've noticed as a byproduct, and I'm I'm, I'm looking to you, Kim, to go yay or nay. Was it was this just an accident and coincidence in a few cases, or or have you found this too? Um, one of the things that I, I noticed, and I first did it with my own site and then have, have deployed this on client sites when I found it, and consistently, um, while you know, in, in my site, for example, accessibility te- theoretically may not be a, a huge issue or, or compliance with the W3C and, and WAI and things like that, I've definitely found that when we're striving to do that, the, the pleasant byproduct of what you have to do to your code um, to, to make that happen just tends to lead to to significant benefits on the results. Maybe not necessarily, hey, you're going to rank higher because you're in compliance, um, but it seems to be more a tie of, hey, your code is built this way now. You've had to clean it all up. You've had to take down all this, you know, stumbling blocks that Google might have or, or you know, problems that they might have prioritizing the way you'd want. 
and and we do see and, and notice some ranking benefits when we've gone through this exercise, albeit a hugely time consuming one. Have you seen the same sort of sort of benefits with with the campaigns that you've worked on? Definitely, accessibility forces clean code. Um, no, I might jump in. Oh, sorry, Kim, go for it. Um, I'm trying to give um, some examples, um, but. First, I believe that Google still looks to see that if you're, you know, we meeting all accessibility standards and, you know, web design standards and the W3C and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, accessibility code definitely helps. Um, it is time consuming, like if, especially if you forms, and these are the section parts that people don't do. They just ignore. They they throw some alt tags on and, and call it a day. And there really is a lot more to it, like as you say, pure code, you know, graceful, clean source code. And you have to have that um, with accessibility because people are listening to those web pages. No, and no, no. Them better. It also gives us a chance to throw in more signals to the search engine. You know, it gives up one of the way it used to be all about, you know, using keywords as your signal. Now it's using, you know, um, content and context as the signal. Right. And, you know, what triggered me was when when you mentioned forms. Well, yeah, you're basically giving the search engine, using a page that would really provide few signals to the search engine, and giving it even more ideas about what this, the information at this domain is about. Right, especially if you have a landing page that has a form, sales lead or contact form or registration. Boy, if that's an accessibility, accessible code, sweet. The other thing I was going to mention was there was a software um, uh, design product that I tried not too long ago. And, boy, it was so fun to use until I saw the source code behind it. <laughs> and, oh, my God. I had to just like forget everything that I had designed because I knew Google was going to throw up on it. No, it's <laughs> it was really bad. Now, this is an area that we don't often, uh, or not enough, I should say, discuss in SEO, and, and we've talked about it a couple times here. Uh, we often, when we're thinking about SEO, we're thinking about content, we're thinking about links, we're thinking about social signals. But here on this in this segment, we've been talking a lot about code now. I've always found it to be critically important. This is how Google knows how to prioritize your content. How important is, I mean, we've got 200 plus signals to deal with. How important in the sort of hierarchy of signals is clean code? I'm pretty pretty far up there. Um, And even more so, what's interesting is with uh, WordPress blogs, um, I found myself and other people actually are going in there and editing them to death. Um, not you know. In addition to the plugin codes for SEO, there's still other things that we find that we need to do, you know, for SEO. So it and there and again, we're back to the source code again. Now I, I got a, a little earlier before we went to commercial break, and I'm going to take us on a slight segment to make sure we don't or a segue to make sure we don't run out of time. You talk about what you're going to be covering at PubCon. Now, of course, we can't get into the, the full thing, and you got to save some for the people attending PubCon. Um, but what sort of, I mean, when we're talking about image-based sites and things like where we have problems, what sort of technologies um, 
are you discussing with them in ways to get this content in there? You know, you've got nice clean code, you've got some fantastic images, you don't want to make the user experience a disaster or just dump content in there for the sake of having content, you know, down below, you know, the fold or whatever. What sort of technologies are, are you going to be discussing at PubCon and, and ways that uh, the people can address this issue without uh, creating a, a disaster for their users? Hey, you're going to get into my secret sauce. But um, <laughs> no, no, nothing but manual stuff. Absolutely not. Um, it's it's something that, that I think I specialize in and I'm really passionate about. But there, there's there's ways to, within the content, optimize even a visually intensive website so that it does better in search and for users. And the tricks of the trade are, to me, just when, when, they, when they see what I'm going to show them, they're going to go, oh, my God, this is so freaking easy. But everybody overlooks it. And not an ounce of code is needed. Okay, now I'm now I'm regretting that I'm not going to PubCon. <laughs> oh man! If you're not, I, I'm not going to PubCon either. Uh, my 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 you know, Alan Alan Connect, my partner is going to be there representing us. I wish I was going to PubCon. Okay, That's make sure fun. he goes to that session. I want to know what that is. <laughs> oh, for sure. He, he, he'll he'll be reporting back to you immediately. I assure you. Um, okay. <laughs> it's eleven thirty on Wednesday at the open mic. Yeah, he'll make it. I'll be good for stuff like it's. It's me who'd never make the eleven thirty one. It's too early. For um, okay, Kim, this is a little uncomfortable question, but I've got to ask it. Um, you have always been one of the uh, well. You've always been over on the good side of the force. Um, you've always been known as a as a white hatter, a um, no spam in my lunch sort of uh, sort of sort of SEO. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the deepest respect and love to Jim Boykin, he hasn't. But you've, 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 you've moved over to, uh, to, to, to internet, internet marketing ninjas. Um, right. Is there a, any discomfort there? Is there any weirdness in uh, strategy or in um, philosophy on, on SEO? Surprisingly not. Obviously, it was something that I thought about. And Jim and I talked about at length, and what actually sold me in the end was was going up to the office and spending several days nonstop um, at his headquarters with him and the team and seeing them all in action. Um, yes, you know, in the past there were things that um, what you know we build pages had done, but he has moved years past all of that. And as far as he's concerned, he doesn't want to ever go back. He doesn't have any of those systems still in place. Everything is brand new. And then with me coming in, there was a whole new piece of the puzzle. Um, definitely white hat oriented internet marketing ninjas these days. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you got that in there. I've uh, I know that Jim has been on a change my change his techniques for a couple of years now, but I thought it, I thought it important that somebody inside the company actually say that. Right. So I'm 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 glad to, I'm glad you did get that in. Um, I'm sorry for asking a question like that. If I could interrupt for a second, he actually has um, somebody on staff that that had been doing a bit of usability for a while now. It's just that he's he's ratcheting that up by bringing me in. 
So it isn't like some miraculous thing he thought two months of two months ago. This has definitely been something that he's been working on for a while. Well, what does that what does that say for the way he's seeing um, the effects of of Panda? You know uh, what? Can, I, can you venture a guess? Yeah, I I honestly do not know. The, the, I every time I talk to him, I'm blown away. When I see him in action, and I'm still getting to know Jim. So, um, you know, ask him. He's probably better able to describe it. Um, if he's still talking to me after that last question. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you would jump at the chance to talk to him. Again, all love and respect, Jim. Honest to goodness, bro. <laughs> Dave, you had a question, I think. Um, you know what? I, 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 I had a, a whole litany, but I, I'm not going to press you on the uh, <laughs> on this sort of code issue, although I, I, I will have uh, thanks, Jim, for the offer, and poor Alan, he's been volunteered um, to, to sort of chat with me. I'll, I'll you know, probably just keep it to me, because it sounds like it's a real jewel um, <laughs> in there. You know, it's, it's great to be open, but you keep that 5 to 10% in your pocket. <laughs> kind of way, so I, I, I totally respect that. Are there any, uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave this open to you, Kim, to sort of cover, because we, we've only got a couple minutes left. In this move, we know the direction's changing over there, which is, is, is fantastic here. We know that, that, that they're expanding. I would love to know what creative site forums has to, I mean, building the community, that's fantastic. How is that playing into the, the sort of larger scope of, of what's going on? Is, is Jim now focused on, um, you know, also creating some, some fantastic resources for us all to share, be part of, get information out there in a more proactive way um, than, than maybe it's been done in the past? He is, but his approach is relationship-oriented, so each community kind of has its own vibe, and what he's coming up with are things designed for each unique forums. Um, so what he's come up with, and I'm not going to spill the beans on all that yet, because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're just rolling it out, but um, the community is going to be able to... Um, build more business-like relationships within the community that benefits everybody in the community, um, more so than probably most communities have ever, um, you know, done in the past. Most communities are like a one-way conversation um, or you get the lurkers there. Our goal is to really toss that on its head. And, um, you know, get more of a community relationship, working together, la, la, la. I got to tell you. I can go on and on. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you can't. We're down to our last no. 30 seconds. I really wish you could. And I'm, I got to, I'm interested in seeing what happens the next uh, next year or so around Internet Marketing Ninjas. Um, Kim Kopp Prosberg, congratulations. Thank you very it's a, much. It's a great move. I'm uh, I'm. Pleased for you. I'm really pleased for Jim and Ann Smarty and Absentia. Congratulations to you. I am now welcome to America. Um, <coughs> and friends, I'm afraid that's it for us. We've gone through a whole other hour. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're here every Thursday. Uh, Oh, one last point, PubCon, PubCon, virtual PubCon. If you haven't got tickets for PubCon yet, get tickets for virtual PubCon. You can watch it over your computer and you can actually hear Kim's uh, gems of information. <sighs> Friends, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.